What's going on, everybody? 9.33 p.m. I'm glad I started a half an hour. I try to start on the hour, on the half hour. I can't, I can't, I can never do my podcast at 9.15. I have to do it at either 9 o'clock or 9.30 or 10 o'clock. I got to go within like, I got to go within like a small little format. It's just a timing thing I like to do. I like to watch the clock while I'm recording. And that, if I start at 9, if I start at 9.08, it just, the math be kind of crazy for me. It's like my, it's like something that bugs me. So I tried to start at 9.30. I started at 9.34. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks for everybody on Instagram Live that's pulling up slowly but surely. You know what I'm saying? Last night I talked about, I didn't record it on, I recorded on Instagram, but something happened to the video. It got kind of distorted. I had some noise in the background after I um, recorded the podcast. I stopped the podcast and had some noise in the background. So I had to just like, eh, I didn't want to post it. I didn't want to, you know what I mean, sound unprofessional, you know what I'm saying? My son's screaming all in the back and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And then I had other noises and shit. So I said, fuck it, I'm just going to like take that down. But I was talking about defensive players in the NBA. I was talking about Dennis Rodman versus Ron Artest. Um, I would like to see them, like if you had the chance to see them play, who would you pull for? So we had a conversation about that. You know what I mean? I woke up this morning and I had a couple of comments on my podcast. Dudes were like, um, Rodman was this, Rodman was that. I wrote the numbers down somewhere. The numbers were similar. They weren't, definitely weren't different. Rodman's numbers and... and um, So Dennis Rodman averaged 7.3 points per game, 13.1 rebounds per game, 1.8 assists per game, Ron Artest averaged 13.2 points, 4.5 assi- rebounds, 2.7 as- assists. Numbers were pretty similar, except Rodman wasn't a scorer. Artest really wasn't a scorer, but to average 13 in the NBA is kind of good. Um, if you average in 10 in the NBA, that's a bet, because points run through players. Players have... Uh, X amount of shots they can take during the game. So Ron Artest was probably only um, given five shots a game. That's 10 points. Now, he averaged 13. He averaged three points over his average of shots he took. So that's pretty good, you know. And um, not to mention the foul shots going up for the and one, putting it back up, you know what I'm saying, going to the line. Those are scrappy points. So um, Ron Artest was probably given like five shots a game, if that. You know, Dennis Rodman, as you can see, he averaged seven points per game. He never shot the ball in the game. It was like awkward for you to see Dennis Rodman pull up and shoot because that's not his game. His game is in the paint and grabbing rebounds. So they didn't depend on Rodman to score. What they depended on him to do is grab 25 rebounds, which he did. You know, he didn't average that. He averaged 13 rebounds. But think about that. If he's averaging, if you're good with math, he's averaging 13 rebounds a game. 
So I'm telling you, that means he grabbing like 20 every other game. Because you're not going below that. You're not going below 13, averaging 13. You're even getting 13 and 20. In between that, that number right there, 13 and 20. That's your average. So he was out there hustling. He was busting ass out there. He wasn't playing with nobody. So we talking about uh we talking about I think a six nine slim skinny guy going up against guys like David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal. It's hard to grab a rebound versus Shaq. Let alone it's hard to grab a rebound versus David Robinson, let alone Shaq. Elijahwan. He going up against Carl Malone. I'm so about he going up against Charles Oakley. These is night. This is his battle every night. This is his battle. This is his war ready. This he got to be war ready for these dudes because Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal is not even considered a defensive player, a, a dominant defender in the league. But you don't want to go up against him on a nightly basis. You want to be on his team. You don't want to play against Shaq. You look at Shaq in the lineup and you like, damn, dog. You just put your head up in the air because you know for a fact you're going to leave that game with some bruises on your body. And he was in that paint going up against Shaquille O'Neal grabbing 13 rebounds. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that. It's just right there. Everything is right there for you. The numbers don't lie when it comes to basketball. They're not like, they not like um, giving him no cushion. You know what I mean? It's some shit that really happened. So um, that's what we talked about yesterday, just to give a recap, you know what I mean? Because I know people on the Instagram might check out the story, might be like, damn, he ain't performing, he ain't do shit. You know what I'm saying? But I, 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 I did something yesterday. We talked about basketball, mainly the whole show. You know what I'm saying? Um, today I'm talking about old clothing lines from back in the days. Throwback shit. You feel what I'm saying? Like, what did you wear when you were like 17 compared to the 17-year-olds now? You know, everything is supposedly high-end. Everything is motherfucking designer, designer, designer. Everything, even the weed is designer. Let's not get into that. That's another podcast. But everything is different from the liquor you they drink. Everybody drink 1942 or whatever they call that shit. Don Julio. Saying motherfuckers drinking Hennessy at an all time high. I remember you had to be special to drink Hennessy, motherfucker. You had to be a different type of motherfucker to drink that shit. The motherfuckers that was getting money was drinking Hennessy. Now everybody in the world drink that shit. So what was your swag like? What was your life like back in like your seventeen year old you? How was you flexing? Cause I got a couple of clothing lines like. Cross colors, damage, used jeans, Mecca, Carl Kanai. You can't leave Carl Kanai off the list. You know, Polo. We were still wearing Polo, Polo Sport, Nautica, Fubu. Not too many people wore Fubu, but people wore Fubu with the big ass fat, fat Albert shit. Um, guest jeans. Parasucos with the stripe down the side. You know what I'm saying? You had your iceberg. You had your Kooji sweaters. How was you living 
back in those days, you know what I'm saying? Because um, the swag was obviously different. People were wearing baggier jeans. Girls wasn't even wearing tight clothes when I was coming up, really. They used to wear their pants baggy. Some of them used to wear the baggy jeans. You know what I'm saying? You had to really like a girl. A girl had, a chick had to be different. She had to be like half. She had to have that aura for a motherfucker to get to attract, to be attracted. You couldn't even look through the jeans. Remember nowadays you could look at the girl through the pants and be like, God damn. But back in the days, girls used to wear clothes. They used to wear like, they used to be into the fashion. The Reebok classics, different colors. Socks was crazy. The iceberg got some shit, and I haven't paid too much attention to the iceberg, the new iceberg. But I heard, I seen it on, um, I seen it on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? I seen it on Instagram. I seen a few things, but I didn't pay too much attention to it. But um, it's still up there in price. So they doing something right. They doing something right. They got they they got they um they got their consumer. They know who to sell to, cause people still wearing it. It never was really corny. I had one pair of iceberg jeans. You know what I'm saying? My brother. When I um, my brother had my brothers had the same pair, and they let me ha have a pair. They gave me a pair. It was too big for my younger brother. He was like, "Yo, shit! I bought a pair of jeans that was too big for me." So I took them and I rocked them shits a couple of times. They had iceberg all over the pants. The pants just said iceberg. Them shits was alright. You know what I'm saying? But that really wasn't my thing. You know what I'm saying? I really wasn't into that type of style. I'd rather wear the guest jeans with the four pockets, the tan tims. You know, the fashion, our fashion was pretty much like classic. It don't get no better than that. You know, it don't get no better than that because everybody had a different style. Nobody had the same shit. Like, you had guys that was wearing polo, but they wasn't wearing the same polo. They was wearing knits. They was wearing rugbies. They was wearing the polo shoes. Remember the Eastlands? Motherfuckers was wearing Eastlands and shit like that. And polo boots, buckles and all that, man. The North Faces, the purple. Me and my man talked about this. The 700 on the sleeve. It was different, and you see it now, you see it like in spurts. You see a lot of Asians wearing our shit, doing our shit. Like a lot of Asian kids would go, would get get in their inner, their inner golden era, and they would rock the shit we rock now. And the shit be looking all right on some of them. You know what I'm saying? You see a lot of Asian kids wearing baggy jeans. Yeah, the buckles on the Eastlands was tough, man. Like, people, I think people forget about those. I think people forget about the Eastlands and shit. And the North, um. And what about Dolomites? Motherfuckers wearing Dolomites. Coming through with the Dolomites. You go uptown, we used to go uptown and grab them shits all the time. Uh, just so classic. Like, we used to go uptown and get the Dolomites. What, what, what was the store? David Z's? David Z's or some shit. We used to go there and grab the uh, grab the Dolomites. They used to have flavors like the wall would be packed with them shits. And then they had some other boots. I'm still thinking about the boots. 
You know, my brother's good with the boots. He would name them shits like a, like a motherfucker. Um, then you got, um, you got, um, the ACGs, of course. You got the ACGs as classics. Motherfuckers would wear ACGs. Um, I'm thinking sneakers now. I'm thinking footwear. Timberland construction. Beef and broccolis were always going to be popular. High-tech boots. High-tech boots. I'm thinking about something like that, but that's a name that's that that's coming back to me. Um, you had some shit like... What is, Cause I remember like going to going to Transit Tech and going to Franklin K Lane. Those guys, those guys in that school was mainly into like they had their swag. They would wear like the boot the boot gang would be crazy in Transit Tech. And then you had the Transit Tech kids would wear North Faces. And then they would wear um something else. They was good for something else up in Transit. And Franklin K. Lane, I'm talking about. Those those schools were like kind of... That fashion was something else. The schools were connected back then. You know what I mean? You would go downtown and you would see the kids wearing... Um, a lot of like Tommy Hilfiger. A lot of the polo. But I'm trying to figure out like... What was they wearing at Transit Tech? And my man in the, in the Instagram, he was from Transit. You know what I mean? He was from Transit. But... Um, they would wear a lot of shit and just going to like the Broadway Junction, man. I would love to see a photographer from back in the days with some pictures of the Broadway Junction. That shit would be like a motherfucking runway. That Broadway, that Broadway Junction coming off that J train, you would come up from the J train and walk through. That shit was like walking on Fashion Week. If you was one of them people that got dressed like that. Because you walked through that shit like with your head held high. You either had your head up that way or you had your head down. And I think that was like a that was like a pivotal um going through the junction was like a pivotal moment in our lives. If you got fly like that. If you wore clothes like that. If you didn't, you were just on a, you were just walking through. It didn't really matter to you. You was just walking through. Just creeping through. You know what I mean? The junction ain't really matter to you. But it meant a lot to us going down. That stairs on the A train. You would see a lot of shit. We ain't talking nothing extra. We talking clothing wise. You would see a lot. You would see a whole lot. So damage, you know what I mean? Damage was one of the was one of the famous clothing brands from back in the days. I skipped cross colors, but damaged jeans were official. I would like to see a pair of damaged jeans come out right now. And it's somebody, but you got to have them shits looking good. Damage. Used jeans. Used jeans was alright. Like, the, I'm talking about the whole jean suit. The whole jean suit. For coming through wearing that. With them Charles Barkley's. Remember the Charles Barkley's, CB-34s? Come on. People know that. The Chris Webbers. You know what I'm saying? Carl Kanai kind of really crushed everybody. You know, I used to see the Spanish kids with a pair of Boss jeans on. But Carl Kanai really crushed everybody when he came out with those sweatshirts with the, with the 
gold drawn on the t- on the chest. You will see Tupac in that. And let me tell you why though I'm talking about this stuff. It's because I watched Above the Rim the other night. So I'm watching, I'm on Netflix, and I'm scrolling through. I'm spending a couple of minutes scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I said, damn, they got Above the Rim on this bitch. So I'm watching Above the Rim, and I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, damn. I'm like, I'm going to talk about clothes. I'm going to talk about the clothing line from that era. Because Tupac used to wear the shit like he used to wear the shit like he was a spokesman for the bitch. And he did model Carl Kanai at one point. That, 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 that Carl Kanai shit, crazy, yeah. That Carl Kanai, he was like all Ralph Lauren. He was all Ralph Lauren. But um, he used to come out with some flavors like the, the sweatshirts, the pants with the buckle on the back. You know what I mean? He used to hit you with them flavorful colors. Them shits was looking like like you wearing a car canal like the hat with the fucking shit tied up on it. You know what I mean? The car canal had some shit for your ass out back in the day. Um, I know he had, at one point he had the bull from Cash Money modeling his shit. Baby from Cash Money. Because he tried to revamp his brand. And he had Baby wearing his shit. Um, I don't know what he did with his clothing, with his clothing company. I don't know if he sold it a hundred percent, or if he gave people up a percentage of it. But he kind of disappeared, man. He, he, I ain't gonna say he let us down because he sold it for he he lined his pockets up real good. But damn, we we was rocking that. He he could have went somewhere with that. He could have went somewhere real far beyond shit. He could have like did his thing with that whole clothing line you know Carl Kanai did his dig numbers um you got guys like you got the Mecca clothing brand they were good for the shirts but um Mecca and then you got the guest jeans those four pockets I mentioned that that was like around my my style I used to like the black jeans blue jeans and shit like that with the polo long sleeve you know what I'm saying? His signature was mean like that. That was crazy. It's almost like the Vinny Styles Brooklyn t-shirt. How that shit took off. Everybody had a motherfucking one of them shirts. And the mother had them shirts. Them. That shit was like... That Carl Kanai shit was like... Like I said, it was like... Just in there. It was there. And people loved it. And people loved it. I know I loved it. I used to want to have a motherfucking clothing line when I was a kid. I was like, damn, how the fuck can I do some shit like that? But my mind wasn't focused on that at the time. You know, as we move forward, a lot of people are talking about, like, verses and stuff like that. Verses and, you know, I don't know if y'all seen the Nelly, the Nelly and um, Ludacris. I heard Ludacris smoked him. I was like, damn, I thought Nelly was going to bust his ass. But I heard Ludacris smoked him. And Nelly ain't never know what the fuck was going on. His Wi-Fi was all going in and out. But shout out to Nelly and Ludacris. And then Ludacris dropped a song. I don't know if y'all heard it. But he dropped a song with Lil Wayne today. I heard that shit is alright. You know what I mean? I don't know if anybody heard that shit. That shit is supposed to be fire. Um, As far as the verses go. 
I wanted to talk about Mob Deep versus MOP. Mob Deep versus MOP. You know what I mean? Now, Ludacris, Ludacris a beast. I was looking at that shit from a different point of view because I was listening to Nelly's song Saturday and I'm listening to Nelly's songs and I'm like, damn, there ain't no way he gonna lose this shit. You know what I mean? I'm listening to grills, all that shit, country grammar, everything. I'm like, what the fuck? How can he, what can he do to lose this to Ludacris? But I spoke on this shit a couple of podcasts ago and I said, man, it might be tough. It's gonna be good. But like I was saying, Mob Deep versus MOP would be very much needed. Very much. I thought he did. Would be very much needed. Mob Deep and MOP. Now, I put these two together because Nelly, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought I had, I had strong, I had I was leaning towards Nelly. I don't know why, but Ludacris, I really wasn't, I really wasn't seeing it, man. I really wasn't seeing it until I heard it. And I started playing his songs on Apple Music. And I was like, damn, Ludacris got some shit. Ludacris got some, got some fire. His beats was like really hitting. You know what I mean? So after the battle, I listened to all, a lot of Ludacris songs. And I said, damn, I don't know. And I said, yeah, that one was right there. It was crazy. Um, but I'm looking at it, and I was looking at a track list. I was matching tracks from Mob Deep and, and MOP, and I'm like, I'm like, here's two, two, two rugged groups, two on two. This would be crazy. And I'm looking at it, and I'm saying to myself, the beats alone that Havoc made would give them the edge. The beats alone that Havoc made for Mob Deep would give them the edge over M.O.P. Because M.O.P. got some shit, don't get me wrong, but a lot of M.O.P. music is going to be like screaming and yelling and um, all this shit. Like, And then like he said, like my man said, the catalog is too long. And M.O.P. got some, M.O.P. got some fire, but Mob Deep got some fire. Them boy Havoc get on that motherfucking keyboard and and turn them off. He'll shake the block with that shit. Like his beats and then Prodigy rapping over them shit. May he rest in peace. Prodigy had those bars. You know, at one point in time, Prodigy was considered as the best MC. Better than Jay-Z at one point. People was like, P was that dude. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember when, because Jay-Z, you got to think, Jay-Z wasn't putting out fire like that. M.O.P. was putting out fire from when they hit, the, when they when they jumped in the gate. Them boys came out tough. They ain't come out rapping about nothing. They never had to change their style up too much. Even when they put out the juvenile hell shit when they were little kids, like little teenagers, and they, um, they was rapping about the shit like crazy back then. So they never had to go through the a transition like, right, hell on earth. They never had to go through the transition where they were rapping about bubblegum stuff. 
Like they were rapping about, and not saying MOP did either. They were rapping about like relatable stuff. They taught a lot of guys how to drink. They taught a lot of guys how to smoke. Them boys babysat a lot of dudes. You know what I'm saying? It was a lot of dudes that learned how to be street. Listening from the <laughs> listening to listening to Mob D. A lot of dudes learning how to be street listening to Mob D. So, um, a lot, not too many people listened to MOP and got educated. Mob Deep educated you. You know what I'm saying? They gave you that shit from Queensbridge. They were talking on albums, giving you like, um, interludes. They were like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I already know. I already know. I already know. Trust me, I was in that Mob Deep era i was listening to them when they first came out and i'm like damn these dudes was like 16 17 years old rapping about some shit grown men can't even rap about you know what i'm saying when you think about it and listen to them on a first album you're gonna be like whoa these were kids talking like this those were kids talking like that teaching you how to drink bacardi and hennessy they in the videos with the bottles of the plastic cups. They giving you the New York vibe. They giving you what New York was all about. And I also always and I always talk about this on my show. I always talk about how New York used to be. We understand we're not gonna get that era back. I'm fine with that. As long as I live to see it. You know. But them bulls was putting out some shit. They were schooling people. They were schooling people on how to be this shit. I'm talking about the motherfuckers was really rapping about some fire. And then you got Havoc making these beats that sound like some shit that I don't even know where the fuck his mind was at when he was thinking about that shit. He was like, it's like, dog, who was you studying under? Mr. Miyagi or some shit? He was like really killing them. Giving it to him. You know what I'm saying? And you can't tell me a corny Havoc beat. You can't tell me. you can, It's a lot of dudes that make some corny beats. But you can't tell me a corny Havoc beat. Havoc ain't make no corny beats. That motherfucker will just not make a beat. He'll just sit back and chill like he doing right now. He won't make no corny shit. That motherfucker gonna make some shit. I always wanted to hear Jay-Z over a, over a Havoc beat. But you know what I'm saying? When Jay started dissing them, it was really like Jay-Z was taking advantage of his... Because I'm going to get in depth with it real quick. Jay-Z was taking advantage of his star status when he was dissing Mob Deep. So he basically tried to use his star status to bury them boys. Because he really tried to bury them. You know what I'm saying? But them boys went at it with Tupac. And Tupac couldn't bury them. Those the only dudes on the East Coast. Word. Havoc and Primo. Those the only dudes on the East Coast that took on Tupac and gave it to him. I'm talking about they was like really trying to go at this young, this dude neck. They represented for New York City. L.A., L.A., big city of dreams, but everything in L.A. ain't always what it seems. 
You know what I'm saying? They dropping motherfuckers off bridges in their videos. You know what I'm saying? They coming through. They saying shit that motherfuckers were scared to say. Because dudes on the East Coast were scared of dudes from the West Coast. But them guys wasn't scared. Them guys was kids and they wanted all the smoke. They wanted all the smoke. Prodigy damn near body Tupac in one of his songs. Put that motherfucker Tupac. That motherfucker wasn't feeling that shit. That boy Prodigy was talking that shit. Rikers Island flashbacks to the house you got scuffed it in. You know what I'm saying? Like he was giving it to him and he wasn't scared. You know what I'm saying? Tupac was talking all that sickle cell shit, trying to embarrass them and all that shit. Fuck Mob Deep, fuck this, fuck that. But them boys held it down for New York City. Because New York City took an L. When Tupac came out with that hit him up shit, New York took a mean L. That was an L. That was an L. And Biggie took an L for that. And Mob Deep ain't let them motherfuckers kill them, boy. They came through and they started crushing them. That's what I'm saying about M Mob Deep versus MOP. See, MOP been really out of the loop when it came to a lot of shit that happened. Because a lot of people say, yo, no folks were scared of them and shit like that. I don't think they really was relevant enough for people to talk about them. I don't think MOP came out with songs, but I don't think they were as relevant. Like, what would Tupac gain dissing MOP? Really nothing, because people going to be like, who the fuck is that? But at the time, Mob Deep was coming out on some shit, that, you know what I'm saying? Pac talking about they stole his style and all this thug shit and all this shit. Wow, but they ain't steal your style. You know what I'm saying? They 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 put that shit out there they way, the Queensbridge way. They was talking grimy on beats. You know what I'm saying? How about the album when they was talking about the shooting the motherfucker? I'm talking about they was like that saying motherfucker over there. They hit ringing them shots out. Do 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 do. This uh, like this shit. This shit like they made you feel like you was there. You listening to the shit and you like, damn, is this a movie or some shit? Like, what the fuck am I listening to? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's how they was talking. You know what I'm saying? That's how they was talking. They was talking like some New York motherfuckers. On they beats, they was really talking like some New York niggas. You know what I'm saying? P, yeah, you heard of him, but I ain't concerned with him. Pop more guns than you holding them. Make my Rockwellers come out and scold your men. Unload 10 in broad daylight. Get right. Come on, boy. Them boys was something, man. So I think MOP would have to take an L. I don't think whoever would make that hit for hit, we'd be wasting your time. Because that catalog is so long. Is that shit long? MOP shit long, but they ain't got hits. For hits. They probably got a bunch of loud noise and shit. Like Annie Up. How about some hardcore? All that shit. Annie Up was probably one of the best songs they ever made. You know what I mean? Anytime you got to do a remix to the shit, you know you got to hit. But you know what I'm saying? The remix, they start putting all these other extra people on that shit. And like, fucked up. It's like, 
It's like how them motherfuckers be. It's like how these new dudes be trying to make the weed glow. They be putting salt on the weed. Them motherfuckers gave you some bad weed with that song. That shit wasn't all that. Busta Rhymes, Remy Martin, and shit. It's like dog. Like y'all should have just put fucking Gangstar on that bitch or some shit or somebody stay up within the um, Primo camp. You know what I mean? And gave it to us that way. You know what I mean? I just feel as though they overdid it and they didn't do too well with it. You know what I mean? Tomorrow I'm talking about the dog pound. You know what I'm saying? The dog pound. You know what I mean? A lot of people are doing verses and hit for hits. But nobody talking about the West Coast. It's always like East Coast and down South and Midwest and shit. Nobody really talking about the East Coast unless you talk unless nobody talking about the West Coast unless you talk about Snoop Dogg. But Snoop Dogg has some guys with him called Daz and Corrupt. And they gave you that funk. You know what I'm saying? So you can't forget about Daz and Corrupt. You can't forget about the West Side Connection. Dub C and um and Mac Ten and Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? So I would like to talk about that tomorrow. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm because my battery on my iPad is getting low. Um, what about what about guys like like I said, West Side Connection, like versus Dog Pound or Dog Pound could have went up with anybody really. You know what I'm saying? Ice Cube and LL Cool J. You know what I'm saying? The East Siders. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of motherfuckers on the West Coast that's getting overlooked with this with this hits battle, hit for hits thing. These West Coast guys put out some classic, legendary music. They gave you shit that you can, they taught you, they were showing you about 40 ounces. They made 40 ounces look cool. You know what I'm saying? You know in New York City, we the kid, we the, we made we was drinking our 40s, but they was drinking 40s. Like back to back, it was motherfucking. That shit was like that shit was like like quarter waters in their videos. Forty ounces. Remember the dog. Remember the Snoop Dogg video. Gin, gin and juice. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody had a goddamn beer in their hand. Nobody had no liquor. Everybody had a motherfucking beer in their hand. And they talking about gin and juice, but everybody got a fucking whole OE in their hand or Saint Ives. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the West Coast rap and what it means to hip-hop. You know what I mean? Because I think that the way these people doing it now is like their hip-hop education stops at like 2005. It begins at 2005 and on. You know what I mean? They're not giving, the, they not giving some credible artists any credit. You know what I mean? Like my man talk about Corrupt. He fucks with Corrupt. Corrupt got some fire. His album was tough. That shit got me through the night a few times. You know what I mean? Daz made the beats. Daz, Daz made the beats. The fucking Tupac beats. The shit everybody be liking. Daz made a few of them shits. So we gonna get into the West Coast hip hop, man. It's New Wave Radio. New Wave Podcast. Thank everybody for tuning in. I like to thank the podcast people for listening. And I know when y'all hear this, y'all gonna be like, damn, that's good looking, man. You know what I'm saying? But today I said thank you to all my 
peoples that tune in on my Instagram live. And my Instagram live will grow, will grow when people start catching on. But I thank the people that, because you got to show your appreciation. They don't have to listen. They don't have to watch. They could be doing anything else, but they're here with me listening. So I said thank you to everybody that tunes in. There's a handful, a small hand of people, and I greatly appreciate them tuning in. Two of them are in my show now. And you know what I'm saying? One day the shit might, you never know where it's going to go, man, because you just got to keep pushing. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This New Wave Radio, New Wave Podcast. I'm about to drink my Bud Light. My can of Bud Light, I was looking at that shit the whole podcast. My mouth felt like a goddamn hybrid wolf looking at this shit. My mouth was watering. I'm like, God damn, I'm ready to bust this shit now. But thank you guys for tuning in. It's New Wave Radio. Peace.